0: This podcast brought to you by ASIS, the American Society of Information Science and Technology, the Society for Information Professionals, by the IA Summit, the premier gathering place for information architects and other user experience professionals, by Boxes and Arrows. Visit boxesandarrows.com/about/participate to be a part of your peer-written journal. And special thanks to Accenture and Morin for sponsoring Boxes and Arrows, as well as the many other sponsors of the IA Summit. The growth of the IA and user experience industries has seen the birth of numerous organizations with local chapters and groups around the globe, but there's still more work that needs to be done. During this session, founder of Usable Interface, Kylie Susi and senior user experience architect at FactSet Research Systems Incorporated, Nasir Baraday, share how to keep the momentum of a group going strong, including sharing good meeting ideas, how to find venues, sponsors, and speakers, how to promote your events, pitfalls to avoid in running your group, and how to deal with limited volunteer help. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers.
1: Thank you so much for coming. I am just so excited to give this talk and tell me right now. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Sweet. Um, This is something I'm really passionate about. I'm very excited and hopefully uh, I don't talk too fast because of that because when I'm excited I talk fast. Uh, So you need me to slow down just kind of give the signal or just yell slower. OK, so the goal. Nasir and I have two goals, and we really want the people here to leave this session fired up. We want you to go out and get active, get local. Go out and participate in your local groups or organizations, if they exist. Um, participate in them by just attending. Uh, volunteer to help out more. Uh, you know, Become an officer of one if it's a, an official chapter. Whatever it may be, just go to an event. Or, if you don't have one, go out and start uh, your own group or chapter. so that's what this is about, and uh, that's what we hope you get out of this is some tips and tricks about how to run your group uh, and also to start a new group. So why do I want you to do this? Why is this so crucial and important? It's a great question. Obviously, networking, professional development, you know. Probably that's probably the best thing you got out of this conference. Sure, the sessions are great, but it's the networking that's inval- invaluable in every conference you go to. And you can have that every month uh, when you go uh, to a local group or meeting. And networking locally does a lot more it's job hunting. What's one of the best ways to find local talent? Go to a local UX group, whatever group that might be. It's uh, invaluable sharing experience and knowledge, as well as encouraging support uh, for each other. You know, speaking at conferences, it's scary. I'm scared. (laughs) You know, but it doesn't happen overnight. You know, we need to practice locally. We need to support support each other locally. Um, Not every meeting at the local level is getting some guru big name in and having people just sit back and watch. It's having you come out and talk, and talk to your peers, and get tips about how you can present better, and actually practicing these, uh, these kinds of talks so that you can come out to an international conference and blow them away. And that's what we're there for. We're there to support each other. And that's uh, part of the benefit. So all of this is about fostering the growth of the industry. And this might seem like, OK, you're kind of like, going crazy here, but I truly believe that every single one of us here in this room, because we show an interest in local groups and organizations, all of you are responsible for the growth of the UX industry. I'm going to hold you responsible. Uh, I feel that I'm very responsible for the growth because I am a UX consultant. I'm a UX practitioner. You know, I could be internal, external, it doesn't matter. But, you know, it's part of my career to get other people who might be interested in doing this kind of work, um, knowledgeable, you know, this, is, this, this field exists, you might not know about it, this is usability. Students, um, universities, you have to reach out to these people and that's what growth is about. It's about getting more people into the industry and getting them interested and that happens at a local level people find out about our industry, I'm not saying all the time, locally, through local groups, but a lot of the time, their first introduction is maybe as students that hear about, oh, there's some local group going on, you know, my my professor told me about it. Or um, other, you know, business analysts, uh, oh, some UX person is going to this local group meeting, and they said I should come because it's probably going to interest me too, or web developers. I see all different sorts of people at local meetings, and it's. And it brings them into the industry. And they're like, oh, wow, so there's national conferences. Oh, wow, so there's degrees that you can get in this. And that's their first introduction. So we're all responsible. If we don't meet locally, if we, don't, uh, if we only meet you know, once a year at conferences or a couple times a year when we get to go, it's not enough. We need to share our knowledge as often as possible. And we need to be there for each other. OK, so what's already out there? Got to kind of go into Eric's talk a little bit. <laughs> This is bullshit, <laughs> and I want you to try and avoid this bullshit for as long as possible. You're going to maybe have to deal with it eventually. I had to, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but there's a lot out there, a lot of groups out there. You got IEEE, STC, IXDA, ACES, SIGCHI, UPA, AIGA. This is by far and away no complete list. Uh, I threw refresh in there, because as you know, some of you have in your cities like Refresh Philly and Refresh Boston. Uh, and that's not associated with a national organization or an international organization. People are getting together. They don't want to have a label. They don't want to deal with this BS. They just want to say, hey, we, we do this thing. We want to get together. Let's, let's just name ourselves and get together and not worry about all this politics. I, I put this up here because I don't want it to trip you up. If you want to start an organization in your area, And don't say, well, what are we gonna do? Is it gonna be a UPA chapter? Is it gonna be a CHI chapter? Um, You know, is it gonna be our own thing? Name it and move on. Meet, you know, (laughs) that's what it's about. Just meet. And, you know, you might want to go the association route, and that's something that I did, uh, and it can help you, but we'll talk about that. Okay, last thing I'll say before I turn it over to Nasir UXNet. This is something I want everybody to be very familiar with. Uh, UXNet.org, it is not a group. It is not an association. What it is is a place for all of us as user experience professionals to go and say, I want to know what is every, every uh, group that's meeting in Boston this month. What are their topics? You can go there and find out. Any city, country, it, it just, um, this, is, this is our aggregation of, of everything, every event. And I you know, say as just a note that it's gonna be more in the future. So this is very important for you. If you wanna promote your groups, as is gonna talk about, you wanna actually post it on UXNet. And UXNet works through local ambassadors. I'm the local ambassador for New Hampshire. All that means is, if I know something's going on in New Hampshire, I make sure it's on UXNet so other people know, not just the local people in New Hampshire. If you happen to be traveling to another city, and you're in that city, you want to see what's going on, maybe there's a group you could uh, join that night, you go here. So if you want to be a local ambassador, you can actually contact Keith Instone in the front row right here, or just you know, go to the contact information at uxnet.org. More people are needed. I think more of everything is needed. And one thing else I want to mention, Right here, you know what's sad about this? OK, so CHI and UPA, two of the probably most well-known um, groups, Usability Professionals Association, uh, Computer-Human Interaction uh, Special Interest Group of the ACM. Do you guys know that uh, there are less, uh, less than half the states of the US uh, actually have a UPA chapter, and only 15 states have a CHI chapter? That surprised surprised me. I was like, holy shit, you know? Now, uh, granted, not every state needs one, and there are multiple groups in in big states, uh, but more is needed. And uh, there's definitely room for growth. Okay, so I'm gonna turn it over to Nasir now.
2: Check. still kind of burning from that. I feel like a pillar of salt. Um, yeah, there is a pillar of salt here, actually. Um, you guys can hear me okay, right? Probably. How's that? Yes? Okay. Um, so after all of that talk about anti-organization, um, here I am as a board member of the IXDA. Um, one of our core strategies as a global organization is local groups. Um, and we're completely open about it, and we have a really well-built infrastructure um, an organization built around local groups. Because guess what? Where are you guys? You're in your local towns. Um, we have a yearly conference, but people are mostly seeing each other once a month at these local local meetups. Um, so when Kyle kind of pitched the idea of us doing this talk together, I kind of jumped on it. Um, I don't know if you realized how deep into uh, IXDA local groups I was, but um, we have these buttons available that we, we actually put through uh, a workshop that we had at Interaction09, in Vancouver. Um, and actually a lot of this material comes from the common knowledge from about 85 local groups that we have around the world. Um, so hopefully this can prove helpful to you and obviously we can keep in touch if you guys need to do some more knowledge sharing. Now that said about IXDA, this stuff is all agnostic to organizations. So whatever organization you want, obviously I have a personal bias, I'd like you to start a local group for IXDA, but I don't care, like if you want to start one for UPA, love to answer questions about that. So. Moving along. Um, When you create or you think about having uh, an event in your local city, um, what's the main goal? We're designers. We think about, we're experienced designers. We think about goal-directed design. Someone tell me. To what? Get people to do... To come together. Knowledge sharing, right? To be a community. We're fostering a community, right, locally. Um, And what do we need to do that? What are our requirements? I'm not going to ask you for these. We're just going to keep moving. Um, There's three core things that we need, and this is it. You need something to do, some kind of content, something to come around, a place to do it in, and then you need to be able to to publicize it. Those are the three things you need for an event, and that's it. Um, A lot of people get mired in the details, and they say, oh, I need a whole team of volunteers to handle all this bandwidth. Um, I need food, I need all kinds of fancy things for people to come. Guess what? IXDA started as dinner meetings. It started with four people in New York City. That was the initial meeting. That was the IXDA. And they said, you know, we want to come together and create an organization that furthers interaction design. And then it eventually ballooned, it grew, uh, and it became a national national network and then a global network. so we'll talk, about, we'll talk about simple things that you can do, and we can talk about a little bit more elaborate things as we go on. Um, can you guys give me like a five-minute time check? Okay. Um, so these are nice-to-haves, OK? So you can, you can go a little bit further if you get sponsors, if you're able to get money for your event. Sure, you can do wine and cheese or you know, simple snacks for your event. Um, you can go professional with your audio and video. Uh, so we've got a, you know, a lavalier here, a, mi- a wireless microphone and speakers. Um, Obviously, you might need a projector if there's a presentation. Um, but you really don't need a lot of infrastructure at an event to, to, to make it happen. Um, another accoutrement that you can add to your, to your events is live streaming, um, which really helps you get the word out about your event to people that can't make it, that are stuck in their offices, and also to the rest of the world. Um, and you actually find that there's an alternative experience here. If you have someone that's managing that stream and you have the bandwidth to do it, um that person basically has a conversation with the rest of the world that's watching and they can raise questions, which is kind of nice. But again, these things are not necessary for you to have a successful event. Those first three things are the key things to focus on. Alright. Things to do. Uh, so this is one of my favorite pictures that comes out of the slides. And you can't see this guy, but it's a guy that's got his mouth open like a fish. <laughs> um, but they're having a great time, and it's just an informal gathering. That's all it is. They've come together and decided to just talk about user experience design. Um, so that's, that's the top of the list, and that's the simplest thing. When, you, when you're initially thinking about creating a community, you've got maybe 12 people that you know about, or four people that you know about. This is probably the easiest way to get people together, um, because the hardest thing is going to be for those four or five people to have the same time available for, for one night. A lot of these guys are parents. Maybe they have one night in, in the entire month that they're able to come together. So this is nice and simple. And it's less bandwidth for you. Uh, you can organize a debate. Um, this is kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Um, this isn't a, actually, this comes out of an event that, uh, that, that uh, the Philly Kai did and I ended up participating in. Um, this is a traditional Lincoln-Douglas-style debate, but focused on core issues for the User Experience Design Committee. So people pitch their own ideas to debate about. People take either side. Um, Philly Kai actually brought in a professional debate moderator, um, and he was kind of sitting there and making sure that, that we followed all the rules, and the rebuttals, and the statements were made properly. Um, and it's a really great event because people are actually able to hear themselves talk. Um, probably sounds bad, but our community really loves hearing ourselves talk. We love to, you know, to, to express our passion for things. Uh, and I hope you've seen that over the weekend. Uh, conference reduxes. So this is a, a fairly simple event that you can put together. Um, you can take the content that's been experienced at a conference, uh, and the people that are in your local area that have actually gone to the conference can come and share the knowledge that has been, that's been distributed there. Um, this is kind of why IXDA considers it calls itself a tribe, and it's been misinterpreted as a term. Um, when we say tribe... We say that you are basically sending representatives from your local group uh, to come and talk with everyone else around the world. And then when that content uh, has been distributed and everyone's kind of experienced it together, we've created video, we've archived it so that you can actually take that knowledge back and redistribute it to the rest of your local groups. And it's free. Um, So that content is available at most conferences. In fact, uh, Boxes and Arrows is podcasting this very session and most of the sessions all weekend. You'll be able to take this content and take it back to your local groups and maybe organize something around that. More things to do. Um, I should go back here. This is a design firm in Vancouver. It comes from, I believe, Natobi or another one called Jalapeno. Um, And their business card's funny because it looks like a Mexican restaurant, which I don't think they intended. but uh, you can basically have people uh, have a studio that's local to you open up their doors and have people come through. And it's good for them because they're able to publicize, publicize their work, and also, it's free recruiting for them. Um, and they can just talk about the, the great things that they're doing. Hourglass. The next thing is a purely social party. Um, The colors are not coming out that great here, but uh, what we have here is a girl singing karaoke. Um, Actually, you know what, it's not karaoke, uh, which is an option, but she's actually a member of a local band in San Francisco, um, and what San Francisco did was they found that there were roughly nine bands made of interaction designers, um, and they decided to make a concert out of it, so they did that one night. Um, This is Alan Cooper, and I don't know who that is. Um, They're at the San Francisco holiday party. Um, and then this is a, an L.A. party, um, so they're all dressed up, but they called it uh, a dress up as your favorite persona day. So that was, that was the, the entire premise of the party. Um, this is my favorite one. This is the holiday party that uh, San Francisco did. They called it the high fidelity holiday. It's the IXDA party, the interactive seasonal celebratory experience. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess uh, a few words about this, it's very similar to the social gathering, uh, but you want to make sure that you publicize the crap out of it. Uh, you probably want to do this maybe two or three months, two or three weeks in advance, um, make the announcement happen. Um, and you can, do, you can take this as far as you want to, so it doesn't have to have a theme like this. Uh, you, in New York what we do is uh, there's a bar that I usually use called 8 Mile Creek, it's got an Australian theme, um, great kangaroo skewers, which are kind of weird to try. Um, Yeah? No? Okay. Okay, so Steve Beatty's here from Australia. Um, I'm picking on him a little bit, but we have this perennial bar that we go to every year, and I just call him up, and I say, hey, we've got about 50 people that are going to come by. Um, Usually 75 show up. Uh, He usually asks me if I'm going to order food or something, which feels a little bit awkward, but I say no, and, like, we kind of drink a lot, so... Um, they get, he gives me the entire bottom floor of the bar, and then we just, we just meet there. And that's it. It takes about maybe 20 minutes to make the phone call. Um, so once you've found a place, you, know, you can go back to this and, and do that for a holiday party. Um, we used to call this the Pecha Kucha, but apparently that's a trademarked name. Um, so last night I just decided to call it the Design Poetry Def Jam. And I'm open to, to suggestions on changing this around. But basically, this is a a democratic event, so uh, there's about seven people that will have short presentations. You give them seven minutes. Um, Sometimes you can limit them to 20 slides or 10 slides. Give them some constraint, uh, and that really makes the content come through for you. Um, This is a series of thumbnails from a New York City event that we did around this, Um, and these people each gave their short presentations. And at the end, we did two things, and you can choose to do one of them or you can do both. It's up to you. Um, one is we had, we had them sit around as a panel, it's that middle picture over there, uh, and had the crowd ask them questions. Yes. Okay, thanks. Um, or you can, uh, break up the room into different segments and have each of the seven people, um, have, have, um, uh, discussions. And they kind of have their own little pods of discussion. And people can kind of come around these different types of topics. Okay. Um, the last one I want to talk about is invited speakers. So that Pecha Kucha event, or the Design Poetry def um can actually develop local speakers. So if you have trouble finding people at conferences or wherever else to recruit them, um, there you are. You have them in the local community. If you decide you like one of those short events and you want to see a longer one and there's popular demand for it, um, you can pull from that. Sometimes speakers will ask for honor- honorariums, but this is a lot easier than you think it might be. Um, all kinds of luminaries are coming through your town all the time, regardless of where you are. Um, you just kind of want to tap into that. Um, and what's kind of, what we've been thinking about as an organization, as IXDA, is developing a speaker exchange program so that local groups can kind of tap into this uh, global database of speakers um, so we know where they are and we're able to kind of pluck them in for the different local events that are happening around here. Sometimes you have to pay for their, tri- their travel costs, but that's very rare because they're usually in your town anyway. Um, And very quickly, I'll just go over the places that you can do things. Um, People ask me a lot about where you do these events, and really you can do them just about anywhere. Um, I almost did um, one of our events right at 8 Mile Creek at that Australian bar uh, in the middle of the year. Uh, They had a big plasma screen, and we thought maybe we could just get an exclusive access to that that bottom floor. We had the screen, we had audio, might as well make a presentation out of it. Uh, Weird place for a presentation, but it could work. so these are just a, a few places. Are you guys, maybe we can talk later on and elaborate on where else we can do things. This is a fairly easier question to answer than what to do. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, some quick notes on promoting your events. Um, so there's a few standbys here. So the iXDA list, uh, the SIGIA list. Um, IAI, all the ones that you guys already subscribe to, you can put out the word there, and it's okay to cross post. You don't have to apologize, necessarily. Um, Get out on your social networks, Facebook, Twitter, those kinds of things. You can create a group in each of these places, especially LinkedIn and Facebook, um, and send out messages, and people can subscribe to those. Um, There's several calendars that we have in our community, so there's boxes and arrows. Um, Upcoming.org is more universal. Um, User Experience Network has their own calendar on their website. Um, and, of course, the live streams that you do at your events can also serve as publicity. How much more do I have? Okay. Oh, uh, the last piece is you can co-sponsor. So Kyle's gonna talk about what, what it means to be an organization, and you can co-sponsor your, um, your event with an existing organization that's already active. Um, quick notes on volunteers. So there's challenges here with, with actually delegating work. So we find that a lot of our leaders uh, want to keep their cards close to their chest. Um, but as your, as your group grows, you're going to have to start delegating things. And that's a really hard transition to make, to trust someone else to, to put your name on things. But once you start identifying these individuals at these local groups, you're going to find standbys uh, that just tend to pitch in, you know, without you asking them. Um, That said, you know, some of those guys can fall through on you. It's just a fact of life. Um, so make sure that you have those core elements that I talked about before. Um, the place, the content, the, the thing to do, the public, the publicity. Um, you're essentially a project manager. So if something's failing early on, you can kind of identify that and make sure there's a contingency. But again, if everything falls through, as long as you have your place and your content, and you've got the word out, you've got everything you need for your event. So everything else is is icing on the cake. Cool? All
1: right.
2: All right so, Nasir and I are, uh, oh, right.
1: I time because I don't know about you guys, but it's right before lunch, I don't want it to go over. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best to do this in time for us to at least have five minutes Q&A. And what, I'm going to talk about next is um, how to start your own chapter now three years ago if I was sitting in this session I would have been starting to zone out because three years ago I was in Philadelphia where I was born and raised lived all my life and never thought I was gonna leave so why would I ever need to start a chapter where groups already exist right you never know where you're gonna end up (laughs) I never ever would have thought that I would have uh, left Philly and went to New Hampshire of all places Uh, So, this might not pertain to you now, but you never know where you're going to end up. It could pertain to you in the future. Or you might know somebody uh, who is in an area where they need help to start a new group and you can pass on this knowledge. Okay, So, um, NHEPA. So I moved to New England. I don't know the area. (laughs) I don't know much about the area except for the love of my life lived there, so I had to be there. Uh, So, I had to learn the area. Uh, I knew Boston had a buzz. I knew the oldest uh, CHI group was Boston CHI. I knew they had their act together. I didn't realize at the time, I just thought, oh, I'll just make it down to the Boston group meetings. I didn't realize it's like a 90-minute drive for the, as a minimum to the Boston meetings, which is a problem after a long day of work. Um, so what other groups were there? I learned that Maine had a group, one group. This state is huge. Um, but Tech Maine, they like to call themselves UGG the user experience user group. (laughs) Uh, And unfortunately for me, in New Hampshire, the seacoast area of New Hampshire, uh, that was way out of my reach. Good people, though. Um, All these people are great. Uh, Connecticut, they have a great uh, UPA chapter. Uh, Unfortunately, Vermont and Rhode Island, nothing. Literally nothing. And as I found out when I moved to New Hampshire, New Hampshire, nothing. There is not a single group or association or anything, affiliated or not. Uh, that that gets together and talks about what we do. Um, but, uh, and if there's anyone in Rhode Island or um, Vermont, I want you to start a group. <laughs> uh, but in, in um, Massachusetts, boom, look how much there is. There's 11 groups, this is probably not in a full list, but besides UPA and CHI, IXDA, FCC, IA, um, Human Factors and Ergonomics Association, um, ACES, uh, there's, there's a bunch more that are not associated. OK, so uh, Joshua Porter, a lot of you probably know him. Uh, Bacardo uh, is his blog. Uh, he said, you know, I'm a web geek. I want to meet other web geeks. So I'm going to start Web Geeks North. Um, he lives in Newburyport, which is way out of range from the Boston area meetings, but it's still Massachusetts. It's in the North Shore. So that is very popular group. And it's kind of like what Nasir was saying. It's uh, just get together, have some have some food and chat over a meal and some beers and that's what it that's what it was and that's what it still is they're not going to affiliate with anybody they never probably will Um, but they enjoy getting together and a lot you know people might have thought like why is he doing this why is he stealing from our groups and creating another group but you know it wasn't like that. Um, and it wasn't like that when I started NHUPA. It, it's, um, everybody's very supportive of each other. You know, I, I talked a lot to other local leaders. Um, and there seems to be a lot of turf wars at like, the IA summit and, th- and national conferences. But at the local level, I, I feel nothing but love from other um, organizations. So in Philly, um, at, when I was in Philadelphia, Philly Chi, the UPA chapter, and the Chi chapter worked well together. I mean, there wasn't any animosity. Same with Massachusetts. uh, When I realized I didn't want to make this commute and I wanted to start a group in New Hampshire, I was kind of worried because we're all hearing all this, you know, um, I don't know, tension between each other at these conferences. Like, uh, you know, are they going to welcome another group? Is it going to be. Uh, shot down immediately, but there was a lot of um, support from these groups to help start another group. They helped promote my events, and um, it worked out. So, what happened was um, I had experience in Philadelphia with a CHI group, and I uh, I didn't know at the time what kind of group I wanted to start. I didn't want to start another CHI group. I just wanted to get people together. So I wasn't getting hung up on organizations off the bat. I just wanted to, say, to see, OK, I can't possibly be the only one in New Hampshire who, who's a UX professional that does this kind of stuff. Um, they can't all be in Massachusetts. So after going to a few meetings, I realized that there are a few of us out there. And then I realized, you know what, there's a, a fair amount of us out there. And maybe there's enough of us out there to start a group. So what what did I do? I threw a party. <laughs> so this is the birth of N-H-U-X. And that's what it was originally. I didn't want it to be associated with anything. So I just called it N-H-U-X, just to be plain. Um, and I, I started a group, a Yahoo group, called it N-H-U-X. And I spread the word. I said, you know what? We're starting this Yahoo group. I don't know if it's just going to be a listserv, if we're going to get together and meet. I don't know what we're going to do. but i 'm out here, and I exist, and who else is out here, and who else exists that wants to meet um, and Then I you know we started the group or the uh, the listserv and started to get together this event. And this event cost no money. I went to a local bar that was popular in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which is a really quaint, cute town. And um, I said, you know what? If I can say that 20 or 40 people are going to come and guarantee you know, 40 different bar tabs, um, I, you know, we're not pre-ordering food or anything like that. You know, would you mind just sanctioning off the area for us? And I said, sure. Are you kidding? On a Tuesday night, uh, 40 or, 20 to 40 people are going to come and drink. You know, you had no retainer fee needed. Um, so you can do this for free. Just gather people. All I did was invest in some name tags. Uh, I did some fun things where I had everybody who had a business card on them. I threw them into a hat. And every like um, 15 minutes or something, I was obnoxious and blew a whistle, rang a bell, I can't remember, and um, just picked the name out and just put someone on display for a two-minute commercial. And everybody got to know each other. And that's just what it was about. And uh, you know, during this uh, event, you know, after it was over on the list server, I said, "Okay, who liked it? Who wants to do this more? Do you want to do it every month?" And they're like, "Hell yeah, we want to do this every month. It was great." Uh, so what do we do? We meet for about six months. Uh, you know, we have about six meetings, and then the discussions come from me- from members. You know, well, what about making this an association? It's like, fuck, we got to deal with that. <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't want to, but it was a logical next step. Uh, and there was a lot of reasons for that. Uh, you know, formalizing it and making it an asso- um, a chapter of an association, it does gives you credibility. You want to get some hard to get speakers. You know, they're, they're, they open up their hearts to the association. If you're web, um, you know, North Shore web geeks, you got to explain that a little bit. Uh, if you're UPA or Kai, they know who you are. Uh, You also get some support, hopefully, uh, from those associations. So this is the list we narrowed it down to of what to choose from. I am not going to go into the details of why we chose UPA. Uh, I'm not a UPA spokesperson by any means because I have issues with them. I have issues with everyone. Um, (laughs) And love for everyone, too. Um, But I knew I did not want to be a CHI chapter. And I will say, even though this is being podcasted, and they should know, no support whatsoever from the mothership. And so I know I did, I did not want to do another CHI chapter. I contacted the folks at the UPA and a lot of other places. They opened up their arms to me, massive support, massive encouragement, everything I needed. Uh, and we were able to get the ball rolling quickly. So this next slide, very easy. So how do you become a UPA chapter? And this is really standard for most chapters of associations. And this is on their websites. So you can check it out. You write a tentative plan, and you have a petition. So during this part, you're figuring out, so what's your chapter name going to be? What's your boundaries going to be? Um, who are the officers? Uh, then you come up with the bylaws. Now, will you charge membership? As Nasir talked about, uh, it's, it's not necessary. I, you know When I was uh, running Philly Chi, zero budget, no membership dues, uh, NHEPA, zero budget, no membership dues. Every now and again, we had to get a sponsor to cover travel fees for um, a speaker, but we've never charged our members. It's not necessary. But that's just my opinion. Other groups do it, and they get a, they, it goes fine for them. Uh, hold a constituting meeting, which is a, just a fancy meeting where everybody comes, and they sign the petition, and they have a party. <laughs> uh, submit the paperwork off to the board of directors of UPA or wherever, and usually get the green light. Uh, so, what was the outcome of this? So we did not want to compete with the Boston groups. I mean how Boston Kai is the oldest Kai chapter. They know what they 're doing. They have great people they 're organized we didn 't expect to to um, rival them in any way or anything like that or be as good as them. We just expected to try our best to have the best content we could possibly have each month and to make it intriguing. So if people wanted to make the ninety minute drive north, they would uh, or come you know, over from Maine, Um, and surprisingly, you know, we check the back channel, and all of you guys should for your groups with Twitter, um, you know, someone says, you know, is it just me, or does NHUPA sound much better than the Boston UPA Kai lately? What's up with that? And then a response, I like NHUPA better. It's uh, smaller meetings, more more focus, fewer blowhards, and good free food and nice people, too. That set it off for me. We, we accomplished everything. We did not want to be some pompous group or organization where people were afraid to, to come out and network because they were just afraid it was a catty group. We wanted people to feel welcome. We didn't want to have to um, you know, always have the big name speakers. We wanted to get them involved by doing things like Nasir mentioned and having fun debates and fun group meetings. So that, that's great. You, don't, ha- you know, don't feel like you have to compete. Uh, just do your best, and it's going to show. Okay, so I'm going to go through these pretty quick and hopefully if you guys stick around for the lunch we can talk about these more because I want to end when I said I wanted to end. Okay, so pitfalls to avoid. Don't plan month to month, plan months ahead. If you're part of a chapter already, you already know this, it gets wicked stressful. If you're you know, lining up venues, um, uh, trying to get the word out, sending out announcements, and you're doing all this work, you have the meeting and you're like, "Oh, it's over, thank God, and then the next day is, the start to the next month, and you got to start it all over again, you're always going to be exhausted. You want to have it booked in advance. And if you're going to get speakers that have to fly in, they have to um, be booked in advance. They're not going to be ready in a month. They need it three months ahead in their schedule. Um, Delegate, delegate, delegate. Okay, so I am so guilty of this. I feel like a complete hypocrite for telling you guys to do this. I learned a lot about leadership in this. And I learned that I suck as a leader. I am great at getting people together. And starting initiatives, running them, I suck. But I do it all the time because nobody else will step up. Um, <laughs> but uh, delegate. You know, President Obama said something awesome. Like uh, I forget what he, which ones he were, which people he were appointing to do what. But he's like, you know what? I picked the right people, and I'm just going to get out of their way. And that's that's the best leader. You know, you, you trust people to do their job. Uh, you don't micromanage. I am horrible at this. I. I care too much or something, and I don't trust people, and I just take it all over. So don't be like me. Uh, have great officers, <laughs> and i um, really entrusting them to do their job. I'm getting better at this. But you know, that's the good thing, too, about participating in these groups and becoming officers. You learn stuff. You learn uh, things that you, know, you have to do in the business world. You're going to be leaders in the business world. You have to be leaders locally and learn this stuff. OK, Nasir covered this. Don't have speakers. Mix it up. OK, don't let low attendance affect your momentum. Just like Twitter, you know, that great feedback we got? We didn't have as many people showing up as our meetings at, at like Boston Chi and Boston UPA, but our content seemed to be reaching people better. And uh, you have to realize that if only five people show up to your meeting or 10 people show up to your meeting, it, you might be like, oh my god, all that worked for nothing. Uh, it's really small. It's almost embarrassing to have this meeting. But then uh, you don't realize what that looks like to the outside. When it's on UXNet, when it's on all these listservs, and it's getting thousands of views. This event is out there. There is a presence in New Hampshire now, and people think, oh, New Hampshire, there's a buzz. There's something going on there. It's bigger than it appears. It's always bigger to the outside than to the locals, so keep it going. Uh, don't take months off. So Kai can sometimes be guilty of this, some chapters. We fixed that in Philly. We don't take off months in, in uh, uh uh, for, our, for our chapters. We're, you know, it, it, it was an academic kind of, um, the chapter was born in academia and you take summers off. Professionally, we don't take summers off. You might not want to spend August getting your best speaker out because a lot of people take vacations in August, but you don't skip the month entirely, especially when you're starting out and you want to keep the momentum going. Uh, OK, don't forget to take pictures during your events. This is actually an important one. As you saw as we go through, people it makes it real for people. They like to see themselves in pictures. It's fun to look back on over the years. It's an important thing to do. OK. OK, all right, so uh, we'll get through this. Always have name tags. Um, change up the days that you have your meetings on. Don't have them on the same day. And be prepared if a speaker doesn 't show. always have a powerPoint ready, one of the officers because that will happen. Okay, that is it
0: <laughs> hey, questions i <Hi>, uh, <clears throat> 'm
2: um, a Brit, and the the British um, UX scene is kind of strange and um, kind of timid. So I'm, I'm hoping to try and sort of kickstart a bit more activity there. One of the things I'm doing is organizing a bar camp. And my question is, I, 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 I'm kind of a bar camp veteran. I've been to a lot of them, and I kind of know how they function and everything like that. I've also put out a call saying, well, I'm going to need volunteers. But that said, I don't want to delegate too much because I'm aware of the territory. I know what's involved, etc. How do I handle the quite overwhelming number of people I've had volunteering? Because actually, to be perfectly honest, I want to pick and choose, but I don't want to offend the people who, who might you know, have to say thanks, but actually no, thanks. How do I handle that? Right. Um, I can, you know I'd like you to talk about it too. Um, I mean we have this problem with XDA as a global organization, So we'll, we'll have these lofty you know, goals, and we'll say, we want people to, to volunteer. Um, and we're finding more and more that's probably the wrong approach to take. Um, It's better to kind of split things off into projects and be the project manager and say, these are the pieces that that we'd like to be able to piece off, and then you can kind of manage the responses to that. Um, So instead of saying, I've got a group of 50 volunteers, you've got volunteers managing audio video, or you've got people managing food or speaker liaisons and that kind of thing. So
1: so picking and choosing volunteers, trying not to offend people, um, I find that... Everybody raises their hand, and there's very few follow-up afterwards. Um, kind of like nailing Jello to a wall for some reason to get them to commit to actually what they said they would do. Um, so I have no problem turning down people, and usually they're almost like grateful, like, "Okay, we'll keep you in mind for next time." Like, "Okay, please do." Um, and unless someone really proves himself to me, I usually don't trust them. <laughs> 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 I've gotten held, like you know, just like name tags. Just please make sure the name tags are there, and they don't—they're not there, and that's very important. So um, you know, hopefully. Uh, I would just say, just trust the people that you get, and don't feel bad about you know. There'll always be a need for somebody at some point. Mm, so. Okay, thanks.
0: Questions? No. Lunch. Lunch. Then we can right, talk well, some more. Please feel free to join us for lunch. Just look the coffee table. <laughs> To hear even more presentations from the 2009 IA Summit, point your browser to boxnarrow.s.com and click on the podcast link. There you'll find access to the iTunes feed and more information about each presentation. Our heartfelt thanks to the organizers and sponsors of the 10th Annual IA Summit, the presenters, and of course to the global community. We look forward to feedback about future episodes that will be of greatest value to you, our listeners.